0: morning and working, welcome to Worker's Power on 4 Z. You're here with Calypso.
1: Jackson. And Bill.
0: I'm in the driver's seat today because I'm a woman. And today's International Women's Day. That's right. I am a woman and I work. So thank you so much to Art Cart for their wonderful show and thank you to Zed Lines. Today on the show we have plenty of workers' action and special guests from Respect coming in for the second half of the show. And, of course, the world-famous Scallywag of the week. I'm pretty happy with who the Scallywag is this time. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from which we broadcast, the Yuggera and Terrible people. This land was stolen, never ceded. We pay our respects to Elders past and present. We also acknowledge all First Nation comrades listening today. We stand in solidarity with First Nations people in their struggle for recognition, reparation and land rights. We live and benefit on stolen land. It's time to pay the rent. Happy Women's Day. I'm yeah. the only woman in this room.
1: Yes. Respect uh, to you. We
0: we will we will have some some women in later. Yes. Very exciting.
2: Really. Some some of our guests uh, we did have some more organised, but uh, because of what's happened over the last week, it's uh, been a bit tough for um, people getting in and around. But uh, plenty of respect to respect, and uh, they'll be in in our second half uh, um, to um, chat about. Um, uh, what uh, working women go, go through in, in that, that uh, profession.
1: Yeah, we're having Respect Incon, who are the, who are a sex worker advocacy organisation. Uh, they have been on our show many times before and it is a pleasure to have them on yet again.
0: Hell yeah. And we're also going to play heaps of uh, female artists today.
1: Yep, lined up plenty,
2: plenty there. You've even chucked a couple in there.
0: I, I sure have. Uh, there's one particular song that I'm very excited to hear. Uh, it's a it's a popular song, but it's, it's a very good song. It's, c- it's kind of my anthem. Uh, very excited for that. Should we just jump into the first story?
2: Yeah, yeah should we do? Uh, we'll do the First Nations Workers action, and then we'll give a, a brief rundown of the history of International Women's Day. How does that
1: sound?
0: Sounds good to me. Yeah.
2: Who
0: How wants yeah. to do the story?
1: I can do the story. Uh, so... This story is the Western Australian government has been accused of racism after a raid on an Aboriginal employee's home. Uh, This is by Rachel Knowles from NITV News. The West Australian Department of Communities has drawn strong criticism after a police raid on an Aboriginal employee's home. In late February, the department made a complaint to the Western Australia Police regarding an employee allegedly retaining internal documents. The documents, which were leaked to the West Australian, exposed instances and experiences of racism against Aboriginal staff within the organisation. Eleven police officers, some of which were armed, arrived at 6am and raided the home of an Aboriginal woman in the presence of her husband and young child. Nongar human rights lawyer and academic Dr. Hannah Mcglade told NITV News it was shocking to see such a level of state violence against an Aboriginal woman. To quote, the police could not possibly justify 11 officers with weapons to raid the house of a woman who hadn't committed violent crime, she said. This was a show of force. It was racist. What we are dealing with here is systemic racism and violence against Aboriginal people. A lot of us are feeling shocked and hurt and upset about what's happened to this young woman. Uh, the end quote. "the West Australian confirmed the Department of Communities has made the complaint to WA police the police were reported reportedly after two reports that exposed racism within the department the first was by Price Waterhouse Coopers that demonstrated racism and bias in the department and warned that without immediate change immediate and immense change they would not achieve closing the gap targets the second was a 2019 report by Nyamo so psychologist dr tracy westerman that concluded that existing widespread racism in the organization was responsible for the rates of children in state care and public housing dr mclade believes the reports should have been made public the government paid so much money for the pwc report there was significant public expenditure on the report it should have always been a public report she said the secretiveness around the reports don't reflect a transparent and open government Dr. McLeod highlighted the hypocrisy of the Department of Communities and the WA police force performing such a heavy-handed raid in the presence of a small child. The Department's past actions have also drawn criticism from Federal Minister for Indigenous Australians, Ken Wyatt. I'm concerned about the findings in the PwC's March report on the Department of Communities in WA he said. The department is responsible for taking care of some of the most vulnerable indigenous people in our state. To learn that the department is not only addressing the needs of aboriginal people but that there is not only not addressing the needs of aboriginal people but that there is also a level of racism and bias within the department was alarming. This cannot continue acknowledged that the state government is committed to the national agreement on closing the gap and must take action to implement the priority reforms and drive progress towards a target. I expect this report to be taken seriously and for the state government to enact immediate change," he said. However, Minister Wyatt's response was labelled as underdone by WA Green Senator Dorinda Cox. Ms Cox said that the minister has the ability at a federal level to influence situations of this nature and is urging him to think about the response from his government. From a black woman's perspective, we actually need our Indigenous Affairs Minister at a federal level to start asking questions about why these things are happening, she said. They are setting a precedent that it's okay when it's not, and it never should be. Having been a consultant for both Minister McGurk and the WA Police Force before her time in politics, Ms Cox said she's aware of reports that were commissioned and never made public. I know that there are reports that I have written that haven't seen the light of day because they don't agree with them. But as Aboriginal consultants, what we want to see is transparency and accountability," she said. At the end of the day, this is about our children. Dr. Westerman wrote a report about the systemic issues that exist within the department around child protection. We always talk about history, we refer to the stolen generation, but when we get a report like that, how can it be fixed and the department bury it? What does it say about their goodwill to fix a problem? If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. For Dr. McLaid, the Department of Communities has a far way to go before they can improve the damage this incident has made to their relationship with the community. This has really damaged the relationship of the state with Aboriginal women and their families, as she said. The, she advised the department to work with the Nungar Family and Safety Family Safety and Wellbeing Council to address these issues and improve relationships.
2: Well, what a farce! Eleven cops with guns, um, to, to uh, you know, to cover up uh, it's racism. It's a government cover-up. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is what happens when you try to speak out and tell the truth. They try to silence you, just yeah. like they've tried to silence this woman.
2: If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Well, yeah, the, these uh, government bodies and uh, the, the, the minister, the police, you know, they're all they're all in on it as they say and um yes yeah, so how, how are we going to
1: close the gap when there's this type of behavior ca- ca- carrying on uh, but also in the same breath let's commend the this ind- indigenous woman for doing the right thing and whistleblowing the uh, the racism within the department and it was fighting against the cover-up yeah
0: uh, look, uh, eleven like, cops show up with guns to your house. Anything could have happened.
1: And there is a history of um, arresting and raiding whistleblowers in this country. It's happened many times before, and I'm sure uh, they, were, they were aware of this when they made the choice to do that, and they still did it anyway. It's really cool. Yeah, they love know. to
2: shoot the messenger, not the
1: message, in, in this country. You know, mm. and, and
2: go after the whistleblower a lot.
0: Without uh, whistleblowers like this, this report would have never seen the light of day. Hmm. And there are other reports like this. Why would they bury it? Why would they commission a report and then hide it? What are they trying to hide? What are they afraid for us to find? Evidence of racism?
1: Hmm. Yeah, because they, they love commis- creating commissions and inquiries and all that, but they don't actually want to listen to them. So and they
0: only <laughs> release the results if the results sound good.
1: Yeah, or if they can spin the results to sound good.
0: It makes you wonder what other things are being hidden, uh, what other evidence of systemic racism are being found in these reports, what other reports are being kept secret hmm. when they should be public. Um if, if it should be public knowledge, it should be public knowledge. And you should speak up.
1: The people, that's the right thing to do. We should always have complete transparency uh, with the people who rule us. I mean, there shouldn't be people who rule us, but if there's going to be... It should be completely transparent, you know?
0: And when we speak up, they will try to silence us. And that's what we've seen happen. But uh, you, you can't silence us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, people will always fight for justice. Yes, we sure will. And, um, yeah, like
2: you said, uh, um, it's it's good that um, we acknowledge this uh, brave woman, uh, especially on international... Um, you know, we, we try to highlight them every day, every week, but um, especially on, on this International Working Women's Day. Um, you know, good on the, 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 the brave individual for... Uh, trying to uh, get the truth out to the the, the public the community
1: mm. so that we can demand accountability ourselves that's right
2: you know truth through healing uh, you know there's a lot of there's a lot in that phrase you know it's truth through oh healing, healing through, through truth. truth I've got it the wrong way around <laughs> I've got to get it the right way around don't I mm. so yeah the, the the healing through truth is uh, is a big thing and uh, um, yeah that's what we need more of. More truth.
0: It's International Working Women's Day, and sure we're going to talk is. about it. I'm Calypso.
2: I'm, I'm Jackson, a
1: woman, and, and I'm um, not a woman um, or a man.
2: And, and just a quick note: I've been doing some um, um, uh, looking into. Uh, the, there's a paper I'm halfway through reading, and uh, it's uh, talking about how this is uh, for, for you and I, Jackson, and how we're we're not allies, we're accomplices. Oh yeah. All right. Ac- accomplices are much accomplices better
0: than- are better than allies.
2: Yeah, that's right. So you know we're we're feminist accomplices. So, uh, uh, but more on that in weeks to come as I do my research into that that type of stuff. But uh, on International Women's Day, what what I've got here is uh, this is just the um, the Wikipedia version, but uh, but uh, there's a couple of uh, paragraphs in it that, that I thought were apt, and uh, uh, especially considering that Art Cart uh, um, gave us uh, the the challenge to explore. Mm-hmm. um International Working Women's Day. So the International Women's Day is a global holiday celebrated annually on March 8th to commemora- commemorate the cultural, political and socioeconomic achievements of women. It is also a focal point in the women's rights movement uh, bringing attention to issues such as gender equality, reproductive rights and violence and abuse against women. Spurred on by the universal female suffrage uh, movement that had begun in New Zealand, IWD originated from labour movements in North America and Europe during the early 20th century. The earliest version was purportedly a Women's Day organized by the Socialist Party of America in New York, February 28, 1909. This inspired German delegates at the 1910 International Socialist Women's Conference to propose a special Women's Day be organized annually, albeit with no set date. The following year saw the first demonstrations and commemorations of International Women's Day across Europe. After women gained suffrage in Soviet Russia in 1917, the beginning of the February Revolution, IWD was made a national holiday on March 8th. It was subsequently celebrated on that date by the socialist movement and communist countries. The holiday was associated with the far-left movements and governments until its adoption by the global feminist movement in the late 1960s. IWD became a mainstream global holiday following its adoption by the United Nations in 1977. International Women's Day is commemorated in a variety of ways worldwide. It is a public holiday in several countries and observed socially or locally in others. The UN observes the holiday in connection with a particular issue, campaign, or theme in women's rights. In some parts of the world, IWD still reflects its political origins, being marked by protests and calls for radical change. In other areas, particularly in the West, it is largely socio-cultural and centred on a celebration of womanhood right on and um, more more on um, the um, the USSR so we scroll down and we've got the international I, I like this this part of it and it's very inspirational um, International Women's Day in the USSR and other communist nations so this first paragraph is the main thing I wanted to, to mention in, on March 8th 1917 in Petrograd, uh, women textile workers began a demonstration that invent- eventually engulfed the whole city, demanding bread and peace to an, to an end to World War One, to food s- shortages and tsarism, tsarism. This marked the beginning of the February Revolution, which alongside the October Revolution made up the second Russian Revolution. A revolutionary leader, Leon Trotsky, wrote the 8th of March was International Women's Day and meetings and actions were foreseen. But we did not imagine that this Women's Day would inaugurate the revolution. Revolutionary act- actions were foreseen, but without a date. But in the morning, despite the orders to the contrary, textile workers left their work in several factories and sent delegates to ask for the support of the strike, which led to mass strike. All went out into the streets. Seven days later, Tsar Nicholas II abdicated and the provisional government granted women the right to vote.
0: Yes, women did have to fight for the right to vote. It sounds... Ludicrous since I've always had the right to vote. But people had to fight for that, and they had to fight for years for that. It's crazy.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Even you know, like uh, all around the world, you know, the suffrage uh, movement. Um, they they had to take uh, various forms of, of action to to get the vote. Um, you know, in London they were but they were storming the ha- House of Commons and um, you women know, are
0: badass. Women have always been badass, and women have always been in the tr- forefront of a lot of political movements uh, because they have to be. Um, because they wouldn't get rights if they didn't fight for them.
2: Spot on. Yeah. All right. Well, as, uh, as an accomplice, I will I'll be... Um, both Jackson and I will be standing side by side uh, with uh, uh, with women of the revolutionary movement and, uh, um, you know, like... Uh, to, to Women's rights are workers' rights. Um, and, 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 you know, we all should be... Uh, um fighting for these things and uh, we, we've I've tried to um, get a few stories in that that highlight uh, um, w- women's struggles you know whether that be aged care or um, yeah, child care they, 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 they tend to be a lot within this industry so we uh, in those industries so I've tried to highlight those struggles on today's show.
0: Fantastic let's uh, go on to the aged care story. do you mind if I read that out now? Go for it. United Workers' Union, on International Women's Day, aged care workers are taking action nationally to change aged care because they care. As aged care advocate Sarah Holland-Bratt says, the failure to respond to the Royal Commission findings, to quote, it's been a totally dismal abrogation of responsibility by the federal government in the profoundest ways we have a really clear roadmap from the royal commission of several things several really key factors that could be addressed really quickly to enhance the daily reality for aged care residents we can't wait another year to see staffing minimums implemented workers need a pay rise they need to be valued
2: they yeah. sure do.
0: So uh, look, women workers often undervalued, and a lot of women's all of industries that are dominated by women's workers are uh, devalued because it's a woman doing the work, whether it be cleaning, aged care, or child care is a big one. Um, it's seen as a woman's job and therefore not as important um and they don't need to be paid as much. Um, and that's dumb and stupid. yeah, and it needs to change.
2: Child childcare workers are amongst the lowest paid workers in our country,
0: and it's so important.
2: I know, right? You know, we I, I, there's a phrase that I've used for decades is, "It's such a shame on our country where we pay people more to look after our money than we do look after our children."
0: Yeah,
2: mm. you know, it's like you know, someone you know the a bank teller earns more than a, a childcare uh, educator. You know, it's it's not right you know it's not right and uh, um, you know using the example of uh, of childcare and what you were talking about earlier generally it is women that are in that and uh, in in that within that industry because and that's part know, of the you, reason you why
0: it's undervalued is because exactly it's mostly right. women that's
2: exactly right
0: that's back to worker's power and four triple i'm calypso i'm
1: jackson and i'm bill
0: I'm a woman. And you know who else is a woman? The lead singer of Against Me, uh, Laura Jane Grace. Uh, So we just listened to Against Me White Crosses and I wanted to talk a little bit about this one. Uh, Laura Jane Grace, the lead singer of Against Me, is a trans woman. And I think it's important on any kind of event that elevates women that we talk about trans women and how trans women are women and how trans rights are women's rights. Um... And this song in particular is one of hers that I liked. In her autobiography, she kind of explained uh, at least the like the chorus of this song. So the lyrics, as we just heard, um, talks about her driving back to her hometown and then wanting to smash some white crosses on the church lawn. Um, in her autobiography, she writes that there was this church near her hometown that she was heading back to, um, and they have this this big display in front of the church that has, like, I don't know the exact number, maybe like 500 little white crosses. And it's supposed to represent how many abortions happen per day or something along those lines. So they're little white crosses to be like little baby graves for all of the babies that get killed by abortion or something like that. It was this big um, anti-abortion Type thing that was on display in front of this church that was, you know, sort of implying that uh, by getting an abortion you're a murderer and stuff like that. And that's why Laura Jane Grace sings that she wants to smash them all because abortion is an important right in women's autonomy and women's health and women having control of their bodies. And Laura Jane Grace is a trans woman and um, it does not have a uterus, but. Uh, still shows this this women's solidarity with cis women in this song. Um, And I think it's important as cis women that we show solidarity back with trans women. Jackson, you had something cool to say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's... Even though the uh, issue of um w- abortion rights doesn't directly affect a trans woman. Um, it is uh, the the it is an extension um and like a recreation of the same control that is like put that is done to trans women's bodies like the the, the control of tr- cis women's bodies and trans women's bodies share like, um it is a shared experience between among all women um and like there is solidarity to be found in that it is like an injury to one is an injury to all Absolutely. and even beyond that uh the control of women's bodies is uh, a reflection and expansion of the control of everyone's bodies in that we are all uh bought and controlled uh in the workplace yes um, and we, we we don't have control of our bodies in the workplace, uh, at least to a certain extent. Um, and so, we, and we can all find solidarity there in that we all lose. Autonomy of ourselves, 100%. Um, and we can recognise that in the loss of control that women that women have over their own bodies.
0: So they, the patriarchy to wants extent. to control women, and they want to control women's bodies. They want to control what women do with their bodies, and they also want to control what women's bodies look like. And mm. I definitely think that transphobia yeah. and transmisogyny comes into that of it's it's controlling women's bodies and it's controlling what a woman's body can and can't be what it has to be to be a a woman um and it's it's just it's just patriarchal control of womanhood and we have to resist that in all its forms some of the form uh some of the ways it attacks women is attacking cis women and some of the ways it attacks women is attacking trans women and we need to stand in solidarity with our trans sisters absolutely Um, we got a text in from Elizabeth Witt yes, Laura Jane Grace is hero tier, thank you so much that's right, she is (laughs) hero tier I saw her play live, it was awesome Um, she's one of my (laughs) favourites we also got a text in earlier from Celestica Nagai, hope I'm pronouncing that right Celestica hey comrades, as a proud CFMEU woman member, I have been treated well and respectfully union sites rock Join your union.
1: Hell yeah. Thank
0: you so much. You've also put in, a, I believe, a uh, request for that song. I'm going to try my best to find that song, and if I can't find it, I will I will put something else by the same artist. Um, but hell yeah, hell yeah, CFMEU, women. Yes. Dope. Hell yeah. Girl hell yeah. power.
1: Unions the- building solidarity across gender lines and creating space in the workplace for oppressed people oppressed minorities to have a voice in the workplace yes
0: and if you're not a woman you can be an accomplice by doing everything you can to make the women around you feel comfortable to talk about their experiences you can invite those experiences you can go up to a woman and be like hey you're a woman you know what are your experiences have you experienced any sexism you know what can we do about it and then and then that invites a room for a woman to talk about it and it it lets her feel like she is allowed and she's safe to tell you what's up you know and you're not gonna like rip her head off or anything
1: yeah and uh, importantly there to not just give a woman to voice but then to listen to it and take action on what she's saying
0: yeah very easy to do if you're not a woman you can do that do that Dope. Also, if you uh, uh, want to text in just like these lovely people have you can text in too Grab your pencils so you can write this number down <laughs> 0420 626 That's 0420 626 And your message will pop up on my screen just like these ones uh, oh, and, oh, I just got another text in uh, about the, the, the abortion thing Unwanted babies are a crime i agree (laughs) yes please give us your feedback and your con uh commentary we love to hear it um we
2: love feedback
0: we love feedback we're 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 pro-women's autonomy oh that's right yeah we're pro-women
2: yeah that's right if you if if you've got a comment um send it in especially if you're a subscriber and just on that i just wanted to note that um i noticed that uh Reception is back open again. Oh, hell yeah. So uh, if you want to become a subscriber, pop into uh, the, the, the studios uh, in between 10 and 4. Uh, reception is back open again um, on at 264 Barry Parade, Fortitude Valley, where you can c- meet the, the friendly staff and they can uh, sign you up to a subscription to uh, the um, greatest uh, radio station in the universe. It's worth subscribing. 000. It sure is.
0: We elevate... The voices of women here on 4 said, 50% of the songs we play are by female or non-binary artists. Not today. Oh, today we're playing... 100%. 100%. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> 100% today I went I went to... You know, we got the music and I, but that's, I knew you'd chuck but in But that's a, a not couple? just a
0: one-day thing, though. Like, every other day of the year,
2: it's oh, 50%. Yeah. 50% is a minimum, yeah. We're, so we work hard at, at that here. All... All four Triple Z um, shows work very, very diligently to uh, amplify the voice of uh, women artists uh, um, from the engine and beyond.
0: Yep. Yeah, how are
2: all right, we've got. I've got, a, I've got a, a story. I had a segue earlier, but um, it, it's kind of gone now. But anyhow, well, your segue
0: can suck it.
2: Yeah. Oh, I had something good to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I found this uh, note. It was from last Monday, but uh, I thought it quite apt for today's show. It was sent by em- Emelin. Gask, who is the assistant national secretary of the Australian Services Union, and they've sent this to Mr. Alan Joyce, oh. who is a, um, a, a you know a, a, a regular on our show uh, in the form of won the Scallywag of the Week award many times and could be in consideration again this week. So um, uniform requirements in Qu- at Qantas. March is a time of celebration and inclusiveness for many ASU members as we mark significant events including Mardi Gras and International Women's Day. Qantas promotes itself as a leader on the matters important to women and LGBTQI plus Australians. Most notably, Qantas is a, a major partner of the Sydney Mardi Gras and you personally have a role as Champion of change, oh, Alan Joyce. Champion of change. We think it's time the uniform requirements Qantas has of its employees reflect their commitments the The Qantas style on Q uniform guide states our uniform needs to be preser- presented in a way which best reflects our brand. We we believe that our that all aspects of the Qantas brand must reflect today's diverse and inclusive Australia, including the Qantas uniform. While airline uniforms have come a long way since the age of miniskirts and towering heels, there's still a way to go. We ask Qantas review the current uniform requirements and, at a minimum, make these sensible and low-cost changes for a more inclusive workplace—a workplace in which every employee can feel comfortable and confident. Remove the requirement for women to wear makeup.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no. Look, women should be able to wear makeup or not wear makeup. It should be their choice. It's, it's that's a dumb requirement look i'm a woman who wears makeup but not every day (laughs) you know i mean and and some women do wear it every day and some women don't wear it ever and and a lot of women like me wear it sometimes but not every day especially if you're at work you know you wake up you gotta go to work (laughs) you don't have time
1: you don't have <laughs> energy. You're not going on a diet. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. affect... <laughs> yeah. are, th- are they getting paid for putting the, 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 the time that they put on putting on makeup? No,
0: no. And sometimes it takes a long time, right? Depending on how you yeah. do it. So, like, that's ridiculous. Also, it does not affect the quality of their job. Like, mm. it, it does not affect how well they perform. It doesn't affect how well they can do their job. Like, it's... it's th- That's so dumb. And, it like, it's not fair that women have to do it and men don't. Like do men? <laughs> men can rock up to work and not wear makeup, well, and they won't we'll get, get in this, trouble. And
2: I think this one is more directed at our trans. Uh, this is for our trans comrades. But you did mention men, right? But allow all employees to wear makeup in accordance with the style guide if they wish. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So, so because because you've got a double standard here that w- w- some of your employees have to wear it, and the other employees. Cannot wear it. That's That's ridiculous and arbitrary. Why? Because they're doing the same job. So, how does it affect their job? And look, that's so dumb.
2: All right, the next one along here, you're going to get, as we go on, I think you're going to get more outraged. Yeah, look, explain. I'm already getting heated. <laughs> yeah. Allow women to wear low-heel shoes. What? Including a permitted loafers with all uniform items, not just trousers.
0: Sorry, are you telling me that it's currently a requirement for them to wear high heels?
1: On a plane?
0: <laughs> and it is not a requirement for male employees to wear high heels? They're making the job harder. Do they get paid more for working in high heels? <laughs> the job is harder on your feet. You come home from a long day, your feet hurt. Okay, wearing heels it makes your feet hurt. Sometimes it makes your feet bleed. And then if they have to wear this every day for their job, then their feet are bleeding and they've got to put a Band-Aid on and then the, the friction of the shoe against the Band-Aid. This is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, and, so, and the next point is consider whether heels and hosiery are still necessary at all.
1: Hmm.
0: How does that affect the job?
1: Yeah, it does.
0: And if it did affect the job, surely the male employees would have to do it too, but they don't. So, what's up with that, huh? No, that's straight up sexist. Oh, that is, that is, oh, comrades, comrades. So comrades, also, I want to swear on air, but I'm not going to, but I want to.
2: Also, that remove gender based uniform requirements allowing staff to wear all items permitted for their relevant
1: work group. Oh, yeah. That's how,
0: good. how are high heels relevant in this situation?
1: The the, the, uh, the point of that one was to let anyone wear any uniform, I think. Good. Yeah. Oh, good. He, here's one that's just
2: outright stupidity. Allow all employees to wear the same sized watch face. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, in do, do two- women have to wear smaller in watches? In 2002, what? we <laughs> think women can handle the same size watch oh, face as men if we choose. What the hell? <laughs> what? Oh, you're hitting the levels now. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I'm about
0: to bust this microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your your masculinity is so fragile that I have to have a smaller watch. A smaller watch. What if I? What if I? What if I the? time what that's ridiculous so, so they come in every day with a tape measure and they measure the size of the watch is there a, like a thing like oh it can only be like have a like a a diameter of whatever centimeters that I have to pass that is absolutely ridiculous is, uh, what if i show up with a big watch am i gonna get are they gonna tell me i have to take the watch off for the day that sounds like they, they would they yes escape my watch
1: yeah probably
0: how is that to the job that needs to be done at all and why do some employees get big watches and some employees get little watches that is so dumb, so arbitrary gender bias it is the reason it makes no sense it doesn't. oh my yeah, god
1: because it's not about the job, it's about controlling women's bodies it's about
0: controlling women's bodies and at the same time controlling men's bodies as well because I presumably they're not allowed to wear heels mm. and, and makeup and all that but like, I mean, if they want to
2: there should be. There's to, a couple more. We better
1: get through it because we've yeah. got deadlines coming <laughs> out. Oh um, yeah, yeah, we, we can't uh, have this for every point, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, allow
2: Qantas badges to display preferred pronouns. That that's uh, oh hell yeah, yeah, that's a great Important. one. Explicitly allow for culturally inclusive dress and grooming. Oh okay. And uh, here's one. Here's one for 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 the the services union, which is my union. Yeah, you know they've even thought of everyone here. Allow employees to wear beards. Oh, so, that, so they the have man, to be
1: clean shaven. Yeah, they've got to be okay. clean shaven. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me, one for it me. Out but your face. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I think the others are, are, are much more, like, especially things like makeup and uh, you know high heels. Um, we we can hear that Calypso's warranted outrageous outrageousness on this. You know, so um, yeah, the, the, these are just you know archaic. What year is um, it again? Yeah that's right you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right well thank you for that. that was a great discussion and thank you for for being open and honest uh, with, with us there um, Calypso we uh,
0: can't be anything but I've quickly got a text I want to read out before go we go for to it. the track. Yeah, me- we got a text in here from Sass Marissi that says Anyone who is made to wear heels should be able to claim damages slash free medical treatment for knee damage and other medical issues that are linked to these items of footwear. Thanks for drawing attention to these ridiculous ongoing inequalities within Qantas staff uniform policies. I support your outrage. Thank you, Sass. Oh, yeah. You're right. They should be able to claim medical damage because wearing it every day causes repeated strain injuries in your ankles.
2: Yeah, it's I'll, not good for you I, I couldn't see yeah I couldn't wear them it's, uh, they look so uncomfortable and. Uh. so
0: they're forcing these people to damage their feet over and over and over mm-hmm. again for no reason also yes. heels are expensive I bet Yeah, probably cheaper than the the, the other shoes that they could be
1: wearing. Yeah, and, and, like, that is just, like, a small example of the constant attack on women's bodies that is, like, the control of their appearance and all the clothing and all that stuff that is forced onto women.
0: Yeah, I hope that they... I mean, they probably won't, but I I would hope that they get some kind of compensation for the repeated damage done to their ankles by having to wear this to work for hours every day. (laughs) We're now moving on to uh, our interview with Decrim QLD. But before we do, I just want to quickly read out this message uh, that we got in from a subscriber, Celestica Nagai. Hey, me again. FYI, CFMEU is having an International Women's Day lunch. They have negotiated a full day's pay and a bus for the ladies on the Gold Coast. Love you. Cheers. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. That's great. Love the CFMEU here on Workers' Power. And we're joined by Janelle
3: and Lulu from Decrim QLD. Hi. Hey. So what's Decrim? Decrim QLD is a large group of sex workers spread throughout Queensland that have joined with Respect Inc. Respects the funded sex worker organisation. We've all joined with Respect in order to get the laws changed, the harmful laws and uh, decriminalise sex work in Queensland.
0: So what are some of these laws and how do they cause harm?
4: So basically all of our um, basic safety strategies that sex workers have been using for years are criminalised in Queensland. So that means that we can't work with another sex worker to share overheads or keep each other safe. We can't even text or call another sex worker to let them know where we are on a booking. Uh, We can't share a driver, have a receptionist... Um, or even work in the same building as another sex worker, even if we might not know that that person is there,
3: or even the same hotel, right? Yeah, it's outrageous. How would you yeah. know? No, there's only so many ways
2: knowing.
3: <laughs> exactly, and particularly when you know sex workers have to go to um, hotels that are going to accept sex workers there, right? So yeah, it's really limited, and you often don't know there's another sex worker there, but lots of people are charged under that offence.
0: Oh, my God. So there's nothing that they could even really do to avoid that?
3: No, no way of avoiding it. And, yeah, if you get charged, both people get charged. And and like Lulu was saying, you know, a classic example of what you might do for your own safety, regardless of what type of work you do, right, is that you might check in with somebody after you've done some kind of work or some booking and just let them know you're okay. You've already told them where you're going, that kind of stuff. not being able to even do that really impacts on sex workers ability to organize together to you know even the way we communicate together so you can't
0: even text a friend where you are or that you're okay not if if
3: they're not a sex worker
4: but if they're a sex worker no
0: well sex workers would understand so you'd want to text your fellow sex worker exactly
4: especially if you know I'm going out to do an out call at three o'clock on a Tuesday morning my mum friends from school aren't going to be up it's my sex worker friends that are going to be awake and there for me when I'm doing jobs yeah and it's other sex
3: workers that will understand the implication if you don't get in contact right yeah and
0: getting to and from these jobs who can drive you
3: you can only have a driver that has a specific license and but that person can then only drive one sex worker. So, of course, that makes it kind of ridiculous because nobody's going to be able to pay a driver enough so that they can only
4: drive for you. So, And you
0: couldn't just get uh, your boyfriends or your
4: mates? No. no. If someone is driving someone to a job, a sex work booking, um, another sex worker, a partner, a friend, anything like that, and they don't have that specific license that Janelle was just talking about, they can be charged with knowingly participate in the provision of prostitution.
3: And so you also get charged. The sex worker can be charged and also the person that's driving them.
0: Getting to work and home safely is important for any women in any industry. But women in this industry, it's not safe for them to travel to and from a job that's
3: messed up yeah Yeah. it's totally messed up and I guess that's the whole thing right the laws don't make sense so yeah that's not safe that's the opposite of safe yeah And the way that they undermine sex workers, our own safety strategies that we use all over the world, means, um, yeah, they're particularly bad for us as sex workers. Mm -hmm. The other part that's so bad is police can use entrapment. And so police pose as clients. They pretend to be our clients. They ring us up or text us and they try to get us to agree to doing a service of some kind that's um, illegal. So for example, a doubles booking, where there might be two workers and one client, that's illegal in Queensland, unless you're in a brothel. Um, And so they try and get you to agree to that and you don't even have to do the act. You Mm -hmm. just have to agree to it on the phone and then you can
4: be charged. And these things can be triggered by something as simple as um, something wrong in your advertising. So advertising your services is illegal in relation to sex work in Queensland and there's a, a whole set of guidelines around advertising for sex work and something wrong to do with those guidelines is usually a trigger for one of these undercover operations and then like Janelle said, the police will pose as a client, make a booking and then once they're at wherever the booking is meant to be taking place they'll try and stack as many charges as possible against the worker Um, and oftentimes the worker will be charged um, on the spot or they could go to court and risk outing in the media throughout that court process and sometimes their property and cash is taken as tainted goods and it's usually not you don't get it back. Oh my God. Outrageous
3: hate. (laughs) So, I guess on International Working Women's Day, right, um, you know, what other kind of workplace has um, police pretending to be the client or customer and, you know… To try to get you. Yeah, trying Mm -hmm. to push you towards agreeing to doing something illegal. And, you know, we reckon there's a question there, like, would you do it if you weren't pushed? you know, by this person on the end of the phone, maybe you wouldn't usually do that service. And yeah. so there's a
4: question about, yeah,
3: how, um,
4: yeah. And police have complete immunity around this type of coercion in sex work as well. And the, that immunity does even extend to going through with a service with a sex worker.
0: So they can get a service just like a client would, not pay for it, arrest you, and then go off with their day
4: and take your you know laptops phones and cash as tainted goods
0: so they they so so they receive a service from you for free then they steal your stuff and arrest you
3: and you know in a massage parlour if you think about that where somebody comes in you might at first um act you know a bit intimately with them right because you think they're a customer and you've already agreed on what's going to happen and you might be, you know, wearing not many clothes and um, so it, it's actually a really hideous experience mm. to go through that kind of entrapment where, you know, it turns out that that person was a cop and the way you've been interacting with them is, you know, it's um, you're you're under the impression they're a paying customer mm. and it turns out actually they're there to charge you. So
0: they've... You know. They not only have they charged you and arrested you, which is a horrible and traumatic thing for anyone to experience. Anyone who's been arrested will know that.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh. But, but on top of that, it's this this horrible, insidious, violating feeling yeah. I get from the idea that they are still soliciting from your services. Like they've 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 taken it for free. They've stolen it. That's. That's not right. And it also brings in the question of consent. Absolutely,
4: right? Absolutely because yeah.
0: Because if you give, uh, give con- consent to something, but then it turns out that they were lying and the circumstances you would not have consented, that's 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 a thing.
3: Yeah. 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 It's fraudulent, right? Yeah. 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 Um, oh, that makes me so angry. Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> this whole bundle of... Um, You know really bad laws we've talked about the parts that are in the criminal code but also there's this um, law called the licensing framework that's in the prostitution act and it um, really um, when it was introduced it criminalized all sex industry workplaces except for licensed brothels and there are only 20 licensed brothels throughout the entire state so the rest of the industry Eighty. We think even closer to ninety percent of the industry is locked out of that legal sector, and so all of our workplaces, um, except for those twenty brothels, are criminalised. And so that means that your ability to, you know, negotiate better um, work conditions, to argue with the boss about industrial rights, you know, I recognise that's you know, um, hard in any situation, but it's completely impossible when you're working in a criminalised you, environment. You, you
0: can't even begin to fight for your rights in the workplace if it's criminalised.
4: Yeah. Yeah, That's and true. you don't... There's just no choice in how you want to work. Like, it's it's this particular way and you must... In Queensland brothels, you must offer a full service, which means having sex with a client, and there's no other choice around, you know, what services you might or might not want to offer.
0: So so, you couldn't just say, oh, this is what I do and this is what I don't do.
3: Yeah, and so like in a massage parlour, lots of people choose to work at massage parlours because you might only offer hand relief or a blowjob or a sensual massage... Um, you might not want to be doing full service and so yeah the fact that there are not a range of options around people's workplaces is really limiting for sex workers in every other
0: industry you can choose what you specialize in Mm,
3: absolutely so we um you know as sex workers we've really come together collectively to Um, get these laws changed. And just recently we've been trying to get the laws in the Anti-Discrimination Act changed. There's a review happening at the moment. And right now, sex work, um, there's a part of... The the attribute is who's covered under the Act and it says lawful sexual activity and that that means lawful sex work. But as we've just described, 90% of our industry... Um, is not lawful in Queensland. That's an oxymoron. Yeah. Yeah,
4: exactly.
3: So we're kind of stuck trying to get that attribute changed and we want it to specifically state that sex work and sex worker are attributes under the Anti-Discrimination Act and we're following behind other states and territories that are pushing this and right now in Queensland there are two areas of the Anti-Discrimination Act that makes discrimination against sex workers lawful and that's in accommodation settings so any kinds of accommodation they can discriminate against sex workers and that means you know you pay more if you try to book a hotel right Mm -hmm. as a sex worker or you get evicted in the middle of the night because they've decided they don't want you there so we really need that changed plus there's this really hideous of the an- part of the anti-discrimination act that says that you can work in work settings you can discriminate against people based on their gender or the fact that they are a sex worker so really outdated hideous stuff that really needs to be repealed
2: now there's a there's a uh, the the law there's a law reform sweeping across the nation we hope there is. and uh, most most recently um in victoria as um, uh, um as we discussed here on uh, workers power w- when it was released uh, where they've uh, decriminalized um um uh, 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 sex work down there which is mm-hmm. fantastic now um uh, up here in Queensland, they're, they're, they're kicking the can across... The, I call the Law Reform Commission. That's when the politicians want to kick the can down the road. They don't want to deal with it. And that's where where it's at at the moment. It's in the Law Reform Commission. Could you could you tell our listeners a, a bit about that?
4: Yeah, sure. So, um, Decrim of Sex Work is with the Law Reform Commission at the moment. It was referred to them in August last year. Um, so, it's been quite a long review... The discussion paper is not out yet. We are still expecting it at some point, hopefully by the end of this month, maybe early next month. Um, And at that point, the commission will open up for stakeholders um, to send in submissions around decriminalisation of sex work. So at that point, we'll be asking you and all of your subscribers to get behind us and support us and send send in a submission. Um, We'll obviously put out some um, help instructions um some kind of guide on how to do that um and then we'll be expecting a report back in november this year if that doesn't get pushed back as well
3: and then we'll be starting that long campaign that means we won't allow it to be just kicked to the side yeah, yeah, we'll, no, be, yeah we'll, we'll be yeah we'll be there in like solidarity absolutely
2: and we remember I, I remember that the um the the abortion reforms went yeah. through a similar, yeah. similar pathway. Went through the law reform commission. Mm. I, I remember I made submissions um, uh, on 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 behalf of my daughters, and 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 I'm a, I'm an accomplice. Yeah. I'm not an ally, I'm an accomplice if you didn't hear at the beginning of the show we're, 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 we're changing the wording mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm, I'm a feminist accomplice, not an ally so it's a, it's a, it's a little bit uh, more It's, uh, it's a, active, yeah, yeah. it it's it's means active. it's
0: not just mm. words, it's, yeah. it means it's more than just oh yeah, I think women should have rights, it's more of you call out about it you call out discrimination where you see it mm. and you do what you can to help
2: that's right, and so um, yeah, w- whatever we can do here to help, and uh, yeah, um, stay in touch f- definitely for sure, and let us know when those um, submissions and we can share them around and, and, the, and the like. Um, but uh, w- with decrim, D- you've also got the r- r- respecting, which you're both involved in mm-hmm. as well. W- w- I want to hear what sort of organizing exc- what sort of exciting organizing are you doing in D- uh, respect at the moment?
3: Well, actually, we've got a lot going on because... Um, you know, a lot of sex workers, uh, a lot of us have lost our workplaces and our homes due to the flooding in South East Queensland. So right now, this, you know, last week and this coming week and for several weeks, I'm sure, we're, um, we're trying to work out how sex workers can get support who um, have lost their homes, workplaces and therefore their work. So a bunch of the brothels around South East Queensland have been totally flooded. Some of them have kind of pieced together some area in the building that um, people can still work for, from. But other place other brothels may not ever reopen, and mm. same for northern New South Wales. So we've got a bit of a crisis at the moment um, on top of the COVID. Issues, which meant a lot of sex workers had already experienced pretty um, extreme financial impacts. Um, On top of that, lots of people, yeah, have lost their homes and workplaces. So we're campaigning at the moment to work out how we can get um, resources, support, direct to sex workers in those situations.
0: So there's already not many safe locations that sex workers can do their job, and now the ones that did exist are...
3: Yeah absolutely yeah and people are feeling it really hard and I guess you'll know that um, the same for COVID when the government announces kind of support packages they often uh, rely on you having a lot of paperwork Mm -hmm. to prove um, your income and prove your work. And And your
0: citizenship. Yeah
3: exactly and so for lots of people you're just not covered and yeah, absolutely, that's the case for lots of sex workers, and like you say, lots of sex workers, migrant sex workers as well. Mm. So we're really, um, that's a big push for us at the moment, but we've just also had um, a massive number of sex workers get in their submissions and come along to the consultations to get the Anti-Discrimination Act stuff changed. That's amazing. And, yeah, people really turned out for that. It was really great to see, Hey.
4: Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, it's the stuff in the Anti-Discrimination Act especially is stuff that affects every sex worker and people feel really, really strongly about it especially around the accommodation issues. I know I personally have had accommodation discrimination in relation to hotels. I've been kicked out of a hotel and even um, long-term accommodation, like a rental, applying for rentals. Um, So... It is something people feel really strongly about and I was really happy. We were really, really happy mm. to see that people were actually actioning that and coming forward and having their say. So hopefully we'll see yeah. um, a positive outcome. Of
0: course. The power landlords have at the moment. They they ask you to prove your you know, your history, your previous rentals and all of your proof of employment, proof of income. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to afford to pay rent every week? They mm-hmm. basically ask for your firstborn child. <laughs> um, and so they get to look at that. They get to look at all your information and decide if they want you or not. And that can be really hard. If if no one wants to rent to you, where are you going to live?
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah, we did a survey of 204 sex workers just recently, uh, beginning of this year, and around a whole range of impacts of the laws, policing and discrimination. And it was um, people in the high 70s, 70 odd percent said um, of that 204 said they'd experienced discrimination. Mm -hmm. And um, only 9% um, said they were able to report it. And yeah, there was a further 24% who actually thought they weren't really sure whether the um, what they'd experienced would be classed as discrimination. And that's back to what we were talking about, the problem with the attribute. It's just unclear. Mm. It needs to say sex work and sex workers and really cover us for against discrimination. Right now, we know that um, sex workers are experiencing really extreme levels of vilification um, also and hate crimes. Um, but a recent government um, process... Um, didn't take up um, the input from sex workers and hasn't recommended changes to the vilification laws in Queensland. So sex workers are looking like we will stay not protected against Mm. vilification, which is shit.
0: (laughs) So there's risk of violence for these workers and they can't even protect themselves from from the violence w- with safety measures like texting your mate or getting someone to drive you anywhere, that's that's so far behind the rights of any other worker in this country. That's yeah. unacceptable. If I was a freelance photographer, I could get my partner to drive me to a job.
4: Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. my God. So what we're hoping that the commission will recommend is is full decriminalisation. So that basically just means repealing any legislation that relates only to sex work so that would be parts of the criminal code and the prostitution act and um police powers powers and responsibilities also the
0: violence from police hey yeah Yeah, absolutely Yeah.
3: yeah yeah that definitely came out in the surveying of sex workers around discrimination and vilification and the ways that police discriminate against sex workers you know we told you that um it's it's legal for accommodation or hotels to discriminate against sex workers well some people in the survey told the story of how um, police actually went to their hotel and informed the hotel that it was okay if they chucked out the sex worker because that would be lawful so really vindictive and harmful and violent. approaches yeah
2: well it's it, I'm I'm really really um, glad that uh, sex workers are, have got an organization like Respect looking out for them and 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 doing true union things you know um, uh, asking for input of their members through yeah. via survey yeah. Um, getting getting members involved by, by you know making it easy to do the submissions and and things like that and re, and and having that collective approach and um, you're doing some fantastic work there so all, all under the guise of uh, you, you may not even know it but it's all under the guise of agitate educate organise and that's that's what we do here on workers power that's that's what every union should be doing so hats off to uh, off to to you and the the crew from respect and decrim and keep up the fantastic work um we'd uh, we we, you we'd nearly call you regulars on here i I know (laughs) covid kind of ruined that a bit bit for us but uh um we definitely um would like to um be keep our listeners informed uh, of um the the struggle and how they can get involved because the time for the community to to act is coming very very soon yeah. Yeah. yeah it is
3: yeah and sex work is work And we've really got to push that so that people recognise that, you know, really this is about workplace health and safety Mm -hmm. and workers' rights. It's, um, you know, it's not about the moral issue of whether sex work should happen. Sex work does happen and it's got to be about ensuring people have safe workplaces, the ability to implement safety strategies at work and um, have those same industrial and workplace rights as other workers. An
2: injury to one is an injury to all. And this is the same same thing here, you know. If a, yep. if a sex worker is harmed, well, that's harming all workers. So, yep. um, thank you so much for coming on. You're very, you very brave women, and uh, on your day of uh, International Working Women's Day, um, is there anything that we haven't discussed that uh, you, you'd like to chuck in? That
3: Only just to say we really value the support of workers' power. It's been really good um, to create this relationship with you all and partnership in a way. And, um, you know, we really have to push um, people to understand and recognise sex workers' work. And so it's really important for us to be included in these spaces. So on International Working Women's Day, when it's so much about putting the um you know showcasing the work that women are doing and how that can be improved how accomplices can get behind us. Um I guess we'd just ask everybody out there to get your pens and typing fingers ready for the submission process and be ready to listen to sex workers and hear what we have to say about the problems in our work and our workplaces and how um how we can change that. Yeah. Thanks again.
4: Thank you so Instagram. much for having us again. Is there a website or Facebook there page we could plug Absolutely. real quick? Yeah there's
3: Instagram is. Twitter, Facebook, it's all at Decrem QLD and at Respect QLD. And our website is respectqld.org.au.
4: And there's a decriminalisation information tab on the website. So if you want to prepare early to get yep. your submission ready, you can do a little bit of research on the website.
0: Fantastic. That's awesome.
2: Well, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we, we look forward to the next time that you're on the show. Thank you Thanks Yes so uh, we're nearing the end of the show So uh, all we've got left Is our World famous Scallywag of the Week Now um, we've drawn this From one of our stories of uh, um, International um, Workers action And um We've got, we've got some genuine scallywags here. We've got Amazon workers uh, have staged a, a two-day strike. Now, they're not the scallywags. We all know <laughs> who the scallywags are. Um, so, Trade Union Verdi has called the strikes, which coincide with Equal Pay Day and International Women's Day, at six Amazon warehouses in Germany. One of Germany's largest trade unions called on employees at six Amazon warehouses in the country to strike on Monday and Tuesday for better working conditions. The strikes coincide with Equal Pay Day and International Women's Day respectively. The Verdi trade union said the timing of the industrial action highlights the gulf between the public image and reality at Amazon. Verdi's call for strikes at two warehouses in Bad Hersfeld, as well as Rheinberg, Wern, Koblenz, and Leipzig, follows uh, several uh, similar strikes over wages in recent years. Why are Amazon workers going on strike? The union's main demand is for Amazon to formally recognize collective labor agreements in the retail and mail order sector, a request Verdi has made multiple times over the past couple of years. Verdi said Amazon presented itself as an organization in which diversity and equality are highly regarded. (coughs) However, Verdi said the reality is that a computer algorithm determines the expectations demanded of an employee. The, the, the individual, their performance, and personal c- circumstances of employees are ignored, said Metchild Midek, a strike leader for Verdi in Bad Herdsfield. Herds the consequences are work stress and pressure to perform, Midek added. She said that this especially impacts those with additional burdens outside of work. Those employees are often women, for example, single mothers. How did Amazon react? The US online retailer stressed on Monday, however, that opportunities for professional development at Amazon are plenty, irrespective of employees' gender. In response to Verdi's demands, the Global Tech giant insisted that even without a fixed wage agreement, it was still a good employer. (laughs) Amazon already offers excellent wages, excellent (laughs) additional allowance and excellent career opportunities in a safe and modern work environment, (laughs) an Amazon spokesman said on Monday. The wages for logistics employees had already been raised last summer, the spokesperson added. As a result, Annually, everyone at Amazon earns at least twelve pound gross
1: per hour, (laughs) plus extras. That's uh, that's thirteen US dollars an hour. I think it says there. Yeah, twelve ninety eight. Yeah, the equivalent of like thirteen US dollars. That is nothing. That's it's pitiful. So,
2: Germany is Amazon's second biggest market after the the United States. The online retailer said the planned strikes will not impact deliveries of goods (laughs) to its customers. So, with all that said, our scallywag of the week and um, previous winner, (laughs) and I'm sure future winner. Jeff Bezos. Yes.
0: Hey, Jeffrey, you can suck my dick.
2: (laughs) 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 Yes. um, So, uh, Jeff is a right scallywag and a deserved winner uh, for this week. So... Yes, yeah, they're terrible employers. It's, you know, it, it, it highlighted it there, um, um, that you know, especially women, single, single mums. Uh, um, you know, they, they've already got a huge burden in their life, and, and, and they've got uh, a, a, a boss who wants to um, basically own them as slaves. Don't you mm. know? And
0: Jeffrey, <sighs> come meet me at the Marcus parking lot. <laughs> I just want to talk.
2: <laughs> I just want
0: to talk, Jeff.
2: Yeah, look, yeah, yeah, the old saying, me me, and Jeff alone in a room for five minutes, you'd sort things out. <laughs> uh, yes, what a scallywag. Well, what a great show. Th- thank you uh, both for contributing, especially you, Calypso. It's,
0: uh, I am a woman. Yeah, <laughs> and uh,
2: it's great to hear you roar and... Uh, um, especially your outrage at, at, at Qantas, and, and uh, you know we've come so far, but we've got so much further the to watch. go. <laughs> the watch.
0: The watch size? Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> uh, right on. So uh, yeah, that's but
1: like good on the union for fighting back against that. Yeah, that's terrific. In, in both of these stories that we talking need about.
0: unions to fight for
2: women's rights. We sure do. But uh, yeah, we'll, we will see you next Tuesday.
1: See you next Tuesday, comrades.
4: Bye.